Welcome to the Manifestment Podcast. My name is Jennifer Lay, and I am a manifestation and success coach here to help you create abundance in all areas of your life. On this show, we explore the power of the mind and spirit to create a life that is truly fulfilling. If you're interested in mindset, spirituality, law of attraction, the subconscious mind, and manifesting your desires, then this podcast is perfect for you. Wherever you're at on your journey, my intention is to provide you with strategies, tips, and tools that will help you consciously co-create a life of peace, purpose, and prosperity. This is where strategy meets spirituality personal development, elevated and refined. Thank you for tuning in and spending time with me today. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome. If you're new, I'm Jennifer, your host today and the founder of Manifestment. If you've tuned in before, welcome back. So happy to have all of you here. Now, before we kick off, I just want to say a quick thank you to everyone who listened to the first episode last week. I am so immensely grateful for your messages, the texts, the DMs, the emails, the comments. Not going to lie, it's been a little wild trying to manage my account on all the different platforms, but I love seeing how people are already finding value and I feel more inspired than ever to continue sharing, creating content and building this community for us. This is something I truly pour my heart into and you know, it's not easy sharing these vulnerable stories, but I really believe that being vulnerable and being transparent. That's what helps us to connect and relate on a deeper level. And ultimately it helps all of us to realize that we are more similar than we are different. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I definitely wanted to share that with you and let you know how grateful I am before we start this episode. All right, so today, originally I planned on talking about my experience leaving my corporate job and how I manifested my current career, but I received a message requesting an episode on healing and releasing. And I just felt really inspired and called to talk about this. So that is the topic for today's episode, healing, releasing, and letting go of what's holding you down. It could be something that you went through, something that you're going through right now, whether past or present, whether it's something big or something small, it's time to free yourself because the emotional toll that is taking on you is not healthy. It's also important to heal, release, and let go because if you don't, that situation is going to keep you stuck. So last week, we talked about the five root causes of a lack of motivation that's preventing you from manifesting your dreams and your goals. Well, in the same way, when you experience prolonged anger, resentment, fear, frustration, shame, guilt, grief, heartbreak, anxiety, sadness, those emotions can weigh you down and keep you stuck as well from both a strategy and spiritual perspective. So from a strategy point of view, those emotions take up valuable time and energy that could be going towards your dreams, your goals, your aspirations. From a spiritual point of view, those emotions lower your vibration and it's your core vibration that determines what you attract into your life. And we'll talk more about law of attraction, law of vibration in another episode. But for now, I want you to know that your vibration matters when it comes to manifesting. So a good analogy here, and I heard this for the first time from Catherine Zinkina and it just stuck with me. Imagine a magnet that has a bunch of dust particles all over it. It loses a bit of its magnetism. It won't be as strong. Similarly, dwelling in a low vibrational state all the time can impact your magnetism. The emotions that are weighing on you clog up your energetic field and affect your aura and affect what you attract or don't attract in your life. And you know, it's not just about what you attract, what you don't attract, what you achieve, what you don't achieve. Having these emotions hang over you reduces the quality of your life and it can impact how you show up in your relationships at home and at work. It's also a lot harder to just be present in the moment. 
Above all, you deserve to live a happy and peaceful life. Now, this doesn't mean toxic positivity. It's not about suppressing negative emotions and never feeling them. It's about understanding how to process our emotions in a healthy way that serves us and empowers us. So my intention today is to assist you in releasing whatever it is that's holding you down and holding you back. This episode is about helping you to achieve peace in your life by letting go of what doesn't serve you so that you can move forward and focus on becoming the best version of yourself. Focus on creating a life of fulfillment and freedom. Manifestment is not just about manifesting our dreams and our desires. It's also about balance and wellness. That's why the mission is to help people create a life of peace, purpose, and prosperity. The peace comes first because at the end of the day, if we achieve our goals in life, but we don't have peace, is it really worth it? All right, so before I share with you the three steps to healing and letting go, I want to say this. Everyone's situation is different. Depending on what you're going through, it may be helpful to work with a licensed professional. I just want to make it clear that what I'm sharing today is not a cure-all. This is simply a process that has helped my clients and exactly what has helped me overcome a lot of challenges in my life. From growing up in a dysfunctional environment to going through a divorce during the pandemic, taking a step back in my career after I became a mom, losing my dad to cancer last year. The reality is we all go through struggles. We may not have the exact same story, but at the end of the day, we experience the same feelings and emotions. And so it's my hope that whatever you may be going through right now, you're able to find value from this episode in some way, shape, or form that will ultimately help you move forward in your life. Now, I'm going to be real with you. This episode is a deep episode. This is not fluffy surface level stuff, right? We're talking about healing, releasing, letting go. Compared to last week, for some people, this might feel like zero to 100, but it's important that we talk about this. And it's also important to remember that if we want to achieve that outcome of being free and clear from the things that are weighing us down, we have to put in that effort. Now, with that said, just to set expectations, is this episode going to clear everything for you in the next 30 minutes? Maybe for some things, but for the big things, probably not. But will you experience some major aha moments? I think so. I do. Will you be equipped with a framework and know what you can do and what you can work on starting today? Absolutely. That I know for sure. And finally, the more you put into this, the more you're going to get out of it. It's one thing to listen to something. It's another thing to actually apply it. There's a saying that knowledge is not power. It's applied knowledge that's power. And this is so true. Information is nothing without implementation. So I encourage you to keep an open mind and follow these three steps to see if it works for you. Something I always tell myself is, how will I know if I don't try? As much as I want to shift things for you, at the end of the day, I can only share this information and it's up to you to apply and implement. But I promise you this, the time and effort that you put into doing this inner work is worth it because having peace of mind is priceless. And so without further ado, let's dive in. I call this the three-step introspect method, and it is a condensed version of what I teach to my clients. A little bit of background. Over the years, as I shared my story, people would often ask me, how did you overcome the challenges in your life? And to be honest, back then I didn't really know. It wasn't like, oh, I did X, Y, Z. I followed these specific steps. It's not something that I consciously thought about. But once I started focusing more on my self-growth and my spirituality, I became really curious about this question. Like, what was it that really helped me heal, let go, and persevere? I think it's really interesting because a lot of times people will say things like, just let go or you know, just move on, just do it. It's the what, but not the how. That's like asking someone, you know, what's the secret to your delicious cake? And the person says, oh, it's the batter. 
okay, but what's in the batter? How did you make the batter, right? And so that question of how exactly do you let go? What is the process of letting go? It led to a lot of reflection and introspection. It also led me down a rabbit hole. I watched a ton of videos, read a lot of personal development books, trying to find that answer. So this method that I'm going to share with you was initially based on my lived experiences and what I learned through self-study. And then I refined it further, incorporating knowledge that I gained on my journey, specifically what I learned about psychology and the subconscious mind through books, through different trainings and certifications, including a live training that was led by Dr. John Connolly, the founder of Rapid Resolution Therapy. That was amazing. And I learned so much from him. But yeah, that is just a little bit of context in case you're curious. I'm the kind of person who appreciates context. Like when I'm learning something, I want to know the what, the why, the how. You will never catch me reading just a portion of a book. I have to read the whole thing from front to back. And so you will see that structure and context is a common theme on the show. All right, before we jump into step one, there is something important that I want you to know, and that is letting go is a choice. This awareness is key and the foundation to all of this because you first have to realize that you get to choose. Awareness precedes choice and choice precedes change. Now, I know that a lot of times it may not feel that way. A lot of times it may feel like you can't control what you're going through or how you're feeling. But by the end of this episode, I hope you'll see that it will always be within your control to let go and move on. And let me just tell you that coming to that realization is truly, truly empowering. If you have a hard time wrapping your head around the fact that it is your choice and that you are in control, I want you to try this. Unless you're driving or doing something important, do this later. But if you can, I want you to pick up something within your reach. So whether it's a book, a pen, a piece of paper, it could be anything, but just go ahead and hold it in your hand. And if there's nothing around you, you can just use your imagination and just picture yourself holding something in your hand. Okay? So this object that you have in your hand, this thing that you're holding, you can either put it down or you can carry it around with you everywhere you go for the rest of your life. It is up to you. It's your choice. You get to decide. Okay? So what do you choose? Do you want to keep holding it or do you want to put it down? I'm sure that you don't want to hold on to this thing everywhere you go for the rest of your life. So if you want to, go ahead and place the object down in front of you. Placing that object down just now, whether you did it physically or in your mind, is you exercising your power to choose. Letting go of a situation is similar to letting go of that object in your hand in the sense that it starts with consciously deciding that you want to let it go, and then through your willpower, you do. I want you to remember that the choice is always yours. You are in control. You can choose to let go. The question is just how. The how is what we're going to dive into right now. I'm going to walk you through the three steps. So step one is feel. Allow yourself to feel the feelings because we have to feel in order to heal. Too often, we don't allow ourselves to feel. We try to avoid our emotions and we suppress them, either because it's painful and uncomfortable, we're scared of what other people might think of us, or we do it sometimes because we put other people's feelings before our own. And I'll share with you guys a personal story a little bit later. Another reason could be we're so busy and we don't feel like we have time to deal with it. In some cases, when the situation is very traumatic, the brain will suppress the emotions for survival or as a coping mechanism. And you don't even realize this because it happens on an unconscious level. 
But most often, I think it just comes down to the fact that many of us were never taught how to process our emotions and why it's important to. Now, here's the problem with suppressing our emotions and not truly feeling our feelings. Those emotions get stuck in the body. So here is a great analogy. Think of a pressure cooker or the Instant Pot. You turn on the Instant Pot and it starts to create steam, build up pressure. And then once the food is done cooking, you turn the little valve, right? And that releases the pressure and all the steam escapes. I want you to imagine the steam and pressure in the Instant Pot as our emotions. There's nothing wrong with emotions. There's nothing wrong with steam and pressure as long as it's able to be released. On the other hand, if we suppress our emotions, it's like the steam and pressure building up more and more with nowhere to go. And with nowhere to escape, it stays stuck in the pot or stays stuck in the body, which is very unhealthy in the long run. It can lead to disease. This is acknowledged in both Eastern and Western medicine. There may be a difference in language and terminology, but really it's all saying the same thing. The reason why I'm sharing this with you first is because when you have a better understanding of emotions, the actions you take to release and let go will be a lot more effective. Yes, I could just share the tips with you, share the stuff with you. It would be faster, it'd be quicker. I could leave out all this context, but it won't make a lasting impact. So just stick with me. I have two additional points that I want to highlight before we get to the actionable tips. So what helped me the most in understanding the importance of emotions and what emotions are was looking at it through the lens of TCM, so traditional Chinese medicine. So in TCM, stuck emotion is viewed as stagnant qi, which is spelled Q-I. And qi, translated to English, is energy. So stuck emotion is stagnant energy. Emotions can either flow freely through our body and through our energy channels, or if we suppress or repress them, that creates stagnant energy that can build up over time and manifest as physical symptoms and eventually it can turn into sickness. Another perspective that can be helpful in understanding this is something that I shared on Instagram recently, which was emotion is energy. The E in the word emotion stands for energy. And so the word emotion equals energy in motion. When we suppress emotions, that energy that is meant to be in motion and moving through our body gets stuck. Essentially, we're not allowing the natural flow of that energy, causing it to become trapped in our bodies. And so the question is, how do we feel and release our emotions? How do we turn that valve to allow the steam to escape? This is the first step of the introspect method. We have to feel in order to heal. We have to acknowledge our emotions and allow that energy to flow and dissipate naturally instead of resisting it or hiding it because what we resist will persist. So here are some of my tips and suggestions. When you notice emotions bubble up, try not to fight it and just let the emotion pass through. Don't let it mean anything about you. Just feel and observe. Allow that energy to run its course and move through your body without judgment. When you practice being an observer and you practice detaching and disassociating yourself from the emotion, it loses its power. So for example, when something makes you angry, it's not that you are an angry person. You are a person experiencing the energy of anger. It's subtle, but it makes a big difference. You are not a sad person. You are a person experiencing the energy of sadness. You are not your emotion. Your emotion is just an experience. It's just energy passing through. And there's a quote that I love that can help put this into perspective. We are not human beings having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. 
part of the human experience is feeling emotions. So don't make emotions part of your identity. See it for what it really is. That is key. Some additional tips I have for you. Journaling is a great tool to feel and process your emotions, especially if you went through something and you suppressed your feelings, either consciously or unconsciously. And I'll share with you a pretty personal story. So I journaled a lot after my dad passed. I had a lot to process because that night that he passed, I suppressed a lot of my emotions. It is freaking hard. So, so hard. Watching a loved one slowly die. The hospice team gave us a pamphlet and it outlined what to expect when a person is nearing the end of their life. So the last few months of life, the last few weeks, the last few days, and the last few hours. The last night with my dad was incredibly tough. Everything that I was reading in the pamphlet, I was experiencing. I, I saw the symptoms. I saw that he was declining and it was just really hard. He could hear us, but he couldn't talk. He couldn't open his eyes. And yeah, I've never been in a situation like that before. So I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do. All I knew was I wanted him to feel loved and comfortable as much as possible. I didn't want to create an emotional environment because it already is so hard to say goodbye. And I didn't want to distress him and make it more difficult than it already was. So as I was sitting there with him, I was trying to think of what I could do to just make this a little bit easier. And so I asked him if he wanted to listen to music and he nodded. So I took out my phone and I decided to play one of his favorite songs. And this song, I knew that he hadn't listened to in a long time. I remember as a kid, and I don't remember how old I was. Maybe I was like eight or nine. I don't know. I was really young. I just remember he played this song all the time. It's just like a memory, a memory that I have of him playing the song in the car all the time. So I pulled up the YouTube video and I was like, Dad, this was one of your favorite songs back then. You'll probably be surprised when you hear it because it's been a really long time, but also because you probably didn't even think that I noticed back then. And so I played it for him. It was the Titanic song by Celine Dion, My Heart Will Go On. I asked him if he remembered the song and he nodded. His eyes... Again, we're closed. He couldn't open his eyes, but tears rolled down the side of his face. And yeah, like my heart was so heavy and I just wanted to like break down and it was hard. It was hard not to just like ugly cry in that moment, but I held back my emotions because I wanted to be strong for my dad and for my mom. The weeks that followed, I experienced insomnia. It was so hard to fall asleep and stay asleep. I knew it was because I needed to heal. I needed time to process everything that I went through. So journaling became my best friend. It was very therapeutic and it helped me process those emotions that I had suppressed. It took time, but my body eventually returned to balance. And so journaling is a great tool, especially if you feel like you haven't processed the emotions from what you went through. Writing down your honest thoughts on paper allows feelings and emotions to come to surface. If you don't feel like journaling, what you can do is talk to someone, vent to someone, vent to someone that you trust, someone that you can be completely open and honest with without the fear of judgment. Another option is to just simply sit down, be still, and allow thoughts and feelings to come up. 
So see what works for you. Personally, I prefer journaling because I can take my time and just be completely raw and honest about what I'm going through. Sometimes when we talk to someone, whether it's a therapist or someone that is close to us, we may still hold back a little bit. So I find that writing really allows me to fully express what I'm going through, what I'm thinking, how I'm feeling. It's also nice to be able to look back on what you've written. Your writing is like a window into your subconscious. But whichever way that resonates with you, these are some prompts that I want you to think about, talk about, or write about. What situation or event is weighing on me right now? What specifically about this situation bothers me? How does it make me feel? Why do I think I feel this way? So answer those four questions as honestly and as thoroughly as you can. To make this a little bit easier for you, I created a worksheet that you can download. It includes these questions and also this entire method step-by-step. So I'll leave the link in the show notes for you if that's something that you're interested in. But yeah, as you do this, just allow the feelings to come up. If you feel the urge to cry, cry. If you feel sadness come over you, just be. Don't resist it. Just allow and observe what comes to surface. And know that what's coming is going. It's energy moving through your body. It's steam leaving the pot. And that is a very very good thing. Personally, I find crying to be very therapeutic. Unfortunately, there's shame around crying, but there shouldn't be at all. Just like when we shower and the water cleanses our body, our tears are very cleansing for the soul. I know for me, after a good ugly cry, like I feel much lighter. Yes, in the moment, it's very emotional. It's a roller coaster, but afterward, I always feel a lot better. Crying does not make you weak. We all should feel comfortable crying, men and boys too. So again, allow the feelings to come to surface as you answer those questions. And then after you're done, what can also help this energy move through your body is movement. So exercising, dancing, running, shaking, jumping on a trampoline, whatever you want to do, just first set an intention before you start. So you can tell your subconscious mind something like, I am ready to release what needs to be released. I allow energy to flow freely through my body. Again, I am ready to release what needs to be released. I allow energy to flow freely through my body. Setting this intention, giving instruction to your mind is very powerful. So once you do that, proceed with whatever movement resonates with you. So that's step one, feel. Allow yourself to feel so you can heal. Now, before we move on to step two, earlier we talked about how suppressing your emotions is like pressure and steam building up in the instant pot. One interesting thing that I wanted to share with you is if you have a lot of emotions pent up, your subconscious will find ways to release the steam, even if it's a little bit at a time. And it does this for your survival. Because think about the instant pot again. If pressure keeps building up more, more, and more without release, eventually what's going to happen it will literally explode so as a way to protect you your subconscious mind will find ways to release some of that steam this is why sometimes we get triggered by little trivial things it could be someone driving slow in front of us or you know we get agitated by something that someone says when minor situations minor inconveniences create an emotional response within us sometimes it's our subconscious just trying to release some of that pressure and steam these moments can provide temporary relief, but obviously who wants to live this way, getting triggered by trivial things all the time? It creates a lot of unnecessary stress in our lives. So I share this with you because the good thing is when you do this inner work, you'll find that the little things that used to bother you just won't bother you anymore. And trust me, you will feel 
so at peace and so liberated. All right, so let's move on to step two, reset. There's a specific reason why you need to do this before step three, which I'll explain in a little bit, but it's equally important to rest and reset because all of this inner work that you're doing is work. It takes energy and sometimes it can feel quite exhausting. And so here are ways for you to take care of yourself and return to a neutral state. So one is meditate. I really enjoy guided meditations, but sometimes it's nice just to zone out to some soft music in the background. You can go for a walk, just get out into nature. You can take a shower. This one's my favorite. I always imagine the water purifying my aura and my energy field, washing away stress, anxiety, any stagnant energy. You can exercise, some light exercise. Uh, I also recommend breath work. On my Instagram, I shared the 428 method. This is a great breathing exercise that you can do to help you relax and return to balance. So those are just some ideas to help you reset. This is the easy and fun step of the method, so enjoy it. All right, so we have step one, feel. Step two, reset. Step three, the final step is reframe. This is an exciting step because it's all about giving the situation a new empowering meaning. So earlier I said step two is crucial to do before step three, right? So here's why. Before you can reframe, which requires you to sit and reflect on the situation, you need to first reset and return to a neutral state so that your judgment is not clouded and you're able to see the situation more clearly. Because remember, in step one, it's all about feeling the feelings and it can be very emotional. Those emotions need time to dissipate. There's a quote that explains this really well. Unfortunately, I don't know who said it, but it goes, you cannot see your reflection in boiling water. Similarly, you cannot see the truth in a state of anger. When the water is calm, clarity comes. So the more emotional we are about something, the harder it is to view the situation objectively. This is why it's so easy for us to give other people advice when they're going through a problem. We are able to see the situation more clearly and objectively because we are not emotionally involved and therefore our judgment is not clouded. So after you feel in step one and then reset in step two, you will feel more calm and clear-headed. And it's in this state that you're able to gain more clarity. Okay, so now let's talk about reframing. If you're experiencing a heavy emotional response for a prolonged period of time, it's likely due to the meaning that you've given to the situation or the beliefs that you're holding onto about what happened in the past or what's happening right now. Overall, it's the lens that you're looking through, the perspective, the recurring thoughts that you're having about the situation. The thing is, our thoughts are so powerful. What we think, what we focus on has the power to greatly influence how we feel. There is a huge connection between our thoughts and our feelings. So I want to share with you guys an example that really shows the connection between our thoughts and our feelings. So a fellow mom shared with me that she was laid off by her company. She was really stressed, really worried. And during our conversation, she told me that, you know, I feel embarrassed. I'm worried about what my kids will think. I don't want them to view me as a failure. I'm really concerned that I won't be able to find another job. These types of thoughts that replay in our mind over and over again will lead to feelings of stress, shame, self-doubt, fear, anxiety. It doesn't matter who it is. It could be this mom. It could be another parent. It could be me. It could be you. If these thoughts are on repeat, it will affect how we feel. And later, I'll talk about how you know it's normal for fearful or anxious thoughts to come up. The important thing is not attaching to it and allowing it to replay over and over again. So sticking with this example, if we switch out those thoughts and instead we think this situation does not define me, I am more than my job title and what I do for a living. It may take time 
but I know I'll find another job. This could be a blessing in disguise. Maybe this is an opportunity for me to explore a different path or pursue what I've always wanted to do. Life is not always going to be easy. It's important that I teach my kids how to overcome adversity and disappointment because it's inevitable that they will experience some sort of challenge or struggle in the future. So I will show them, I will lead by example. Those thoughts feel so much lighter, right? Again, there's a strong connection between our thoughts and our feelings. So how do you identify what potential limiting beliefs or disempowering thoughts you have about your current situation? The questions that I laid out for you in step one can give you insight into your current perspective. So those four questions were, what situation or event is weighing on me right now? What specifically about this situation bothers me? How does it make me feel? Why do I think I feel this way? The other week on my Instagram story, I wrote, pain can be relieved by what we believe. And I swear I was not trying to rhyme, but after I said it, I was like, you know what? Let me write that down because it's true. And it's nice that it rhymes because it's easy to remember. It comes down to what we tell ourselves, specifically what we tell ourselves over and over again, because what we tell ourselves repeatedly becomes a story. And that story becomes a belief that is stored in our subconscious mind, which then influences how we feel, what we do, what we don't do, how we behave, how we show up. A lot of the pain and suffering that we experience comes down to the meaning that we've given something. There's a proverb that you might have heard before. Pain is inevitable. Suffering is optional. Again, life is not always going to be easy. There will be hardships. There will be moments where we feel sad, where we feel angry, where we feel disappointed. But we don't have to dwell in it. That's the difference. At the end of the day, it's the thoughts that we are focused on. The story that we tell ourselves is what we believe to be true, aka our beliefs. It is the meaning that we give to something. I think it was Tony Robbins who said nothing in life, including life itself, has meaning other than the meaning we give it. So if that's the case, why not give the situation a meaning that serves us and empowers us? Because here's another truth. We have control. We have the power to choose what we think, how we think, and what we focus on. Now, if you need proof, I'm going to give you the proof right now. If you're driving or operating a machine, anything that requires your full attention, then do this later. Okay, safety first always. So go ahead and close your eyes. And for just three seconds, think about something that you're slightly afraid of. Okay, not something major, just something minor. The opposite of that warm and fuzzy feeling. All right, we're done with that. Now I want you to think of something that makes you happy. Maybe it's a cute little puppy. So imagine you're outside, it's sunny and warm. You're kneeling down on the green grass and the puppy is running into your arms. Imagine how that feels. Or you can imagine fresh towels right out of the dryer. Anything that brings a smile to your face. Now go ahead and open your eyes. That short exercise is a testament to a number of things. Your ability to choose your thoughts, your ability to shift your focus, your control and willpower, and hopefully you also witness the connection between what we think and how we feel. So a powerful mantra or affirmation to remind yourself that you can control your thoughts and what you focus on. I am not my thoughts. I am the thinker of my thoughts. I am not my thoughts. I am the thinker of my thoughts. When you realize that you have control and you get to choose, that's when you take your power back and that's when the game changes. Now, let's get into the actionable tips. This final step, it's all about reframing. So how can you give this situation a new empowering meaning that will serve you and relieve the pain or the heavy emotion that's tied to the situation that you're going through or that you went through? Remember, pain can be relieved by what we believe. So here are some questions and prompts to help you with reframing. Again, these are on the worksheet for you. What limiting beliefs or disempowering thoughts do I have about the situation? And why is it simply not true? 
So I call this lawyering yourself. I want you to examine your beliefs and your thoughts. Pretend that you're a lawyer and argue against it. Take a critical stance and challenge it. Why is it not true? Second question, what are valuable lessons or takeaways from this situation? Whether you learn something about yourself or about life, there's always something that we can extract from our struggles and our challenges. The next question is how can I show empathy for others or myself in this situation? Remember that no one is perfect. We are all here on earth learning and growing. We are imperfect humans and no matter what, no matter who, we will all make mistakes at some point. It's how we learn. Now, if you find it hard to see the silver lining, ask yourself this, what advice would I give to my partner, my child, or my friend if they were going through the same situation? Or has a friend or family member in my life experienced the same or similar situation? What advice did I give them? Now, if you can't think of anything at all and you just feel a major block, you can go back to step two to reset and then try again. The other thing you can do is ask a friend or a trusted advisor for their perspective to help you with brainstorming and coming up with your own perspective. So take the time to journal on these questions because this is what's going to set you free. Like as cheesy as that sounds, it's true. Remember that it all goes back to the meaning that you give to a situation, the story you tell yourself, the thoughts that you have on repeat. So to share with you a personal story, I went through a divorce in 2020 and it was during the pandemic. It was really difficult not only because it was during the pandemic, but because we had a child together. The co-parenting part was really hard. I went from seeing my son all day, every day, you know, he was homeschooled up until more recently, to only having him with me half the week. And I remember feeling like, oh my God, I can't believe that this is life now. It was like really surreal. Then there was, you know, the legal side of things, the paperwork, and then on top of all of that, intrusive thoughts. Right? I feel so bad that I'm putting my son through this. People are totally going to judge me. What are my family members going to think? Great, now I'm just part of the statistic. It's probably going to be so hard to date again in the future. I thought all of those things. And you know, it didn't make me feel good at all. But what ultimately helped me was allowing those intrusive thoughts to come up, but choosing not to attach to them. And instead, focusing my attention on better thoughts. So I remember telling myself, what I want matters more than what other people think. Because at the end of the day, only I know my situation and I am the one who has to live with my decisions. By prioritizing my well-being, I'm able to be a better mother, daughter, sister, friend. So again, it's what you tell yourself. The other big event in my life, which I shared earlier in this episode, was my dad's passing. Recently, I made a post on LinkedIn about my experience dealing with loss and grief. If you read it, you'll be able to see my beliefs, what I choose to tell myself, what I choose to focus on. Holding on to an empowering perspective is what has helped me the most. Of course, there are days when I feel sad. Of course, there are days when I'll just cry out of nowhere. But for the most part, I do feel at peace. So just remember that when you're going through something, intrusive thoughts may creep in, but you don't have to believe every single thought. You don't have to dwell on it or attach to it. That's the key. Let it come up, but then let it go and then guide your mind to better thoughts. All right, so going back to the questions that help you reframe your situation. Once you answer them, what you want to do is you want to review your answers and see what resonates with you the most. That will be the new empowering meaning that you give to your situation. Once you give the situation a new meaning and you focus your attention on empowering thoughts, you will feel better. Now, old thought patterns may creep back in. So what I want to do is I want to share with you a way to quickly shift when you notice that you're thinking a lot of negative thoughts and you're kind of spiraling down. First, what you want to do is in your mind, pick an image. This can be a panda bear, the beach, your pet, anything that evokes positivity, calmness, happiness. 
We're going to call this your anchor. So how this works, when you notice that your thoughts are becoming very negative and disempowering, you want to interrupt it. And you do that with your anchor. So as soon as you become aware and you notice that your thoughts are not making you feel good, you bring to mind your anchor, the image that you chose. And then you refocus your attention, guide your mind to think about the reframe, the new empowering meaning that you've given to the situation. Now the anchor can be an image, but it can also be a physical action. So it could be snapping three times, clapping three times. I mean, however many times you want, but try this out and see if it helps you. After some time, you won't need the anchor anymore and you'll be able to just shift your mind straight to the reframe. And then eventually the disempowering thoughts will just fade away and the reframe will become the dominant story. Because remember what you tell yourself over and over and over again becomes a story that becomes a belief stored in your subconscious. And when you get to that point, your reframe becomes your habitual automatic thoughts. So trust the process and be patient. This is not something that just happens overnight. It does take patience and practice. Imagine if your parents called you by your name just one time. Is that enough for you to learn that that's your name? No, your parents had to call you by your name over and over and over again, right? So just keep that in mind. Repetition is key for rewiring and reprogramming. Give yourself grace. So that is the condensed version of the introspect method for healing, releasing, letting go of emotions that are weighing you down and keeping you stuck. To recap, step one, feel. Step two, reset. Step three, reframe. And in parentheses, repeat. I know that this was a deep episode. If you made it here, congratulations. I am so, so proud of you. Like I said, inner work takes work, but it is worth it. I promise. Again, there is the worksheet that you can download, which walks you through this method step-by-step with all the prompts and questions. The link will be in the show notes. Whew. All right, y'all, that is it for this week. Let me know if you found this episode helpful in any way. Share it with a friend, screenshot it, tag me. Let me know what resonated with you the most. What was the biggest takeaway for you? Also, if you could take a minute to leave a review for the show, that would mean a lot to me. As always, I appreciate you. Thank you for tuning in and cheers to healing, growing and evolving together. I'll see you in the next one. Thank you for tuning in today. If you found this episode helpful in any way, it would mean so much to me if you could rate and leave a review for the show so that it can reach more people and make a greater impact. It will also inspire me to continue sharing. If you'd like to connect or need additional inspiration, you can find me on the social platforms, including Instagram, TikTok, and LinkedIn at Hello Jennifer Lay. Lastly, I'd like to invite you to follow at Manifestment. Join the Manifestment community to continue creating a life you love through the blend and balance of strategy and spirituality. Until next time, always remember to dream and do. I send you so much love and I wish you abundance in all areas of your life.